and welcome back to another episode of Girls Are Players 2. I'm Brooklyn. And I'm Heather. As everyone knows, I'm a dance major. And not only am I a dance major, but I'm also majoring in exercise science. I just finished out my first year in college and I happen to be on the dance team. And it's a lot of fun. I've been dancing my entire life. And most recently, you decided to give a shot at musical theater in a stage production. Yes, I did. So today's guest is Noah Brady. The director of the Beauty and the Beast production that I will be in starting in June. Hey, Noah. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Very honored to be the first guest on Girls or Players 2. And as you pointed out, the first guy to be our guest. Yeah, which is really ironic, right? Like (laughs) Girls or Players 2, and then what do y'all do? Y'all say, okay, let's bring it on a guy to be the first guest. It's great. It's perfect. So you went to MTSU. Mm -hmm. You graduated. You graduated with a bachelor's in broadcast journalism and musical theater yeah it's a mouthful right that's a lot Mm -hmm. you've worked at disney oh my gosh yeah brooklyn's dream yes and um you two met because you worked the games as part of the cheer team right okay and most recently you work as a producer at one of the local news shows Mm -hmm. so you're grown up now out of college big boy job uh something like that yeah (laughs) that's what we'll go with that's what that's what people keep telling me i still haven't wrapped my head around that fully but yeah we'll go with that well that's awesome so noah Mm -hmm. we have a few questions for you oh i'm excited um you know trying to let the listeners get to know you and talk a little bit more about the production coming up sure so to start it off what was your first play Okay, so the first play that I ever did um, was actually, uh, it was a production of Cats, and it was a middle school production, and it was um, T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, and it's turned into like this big Broadway spectacle now, and basically like what our middle school did is the sixth grade class every year is like all 50 or 60 of the kids, whatever. I went to a very small like little magnet school in Smyrna, Tennessee. Um, from like kindergarten through eighth grade. And so every year, like the sixth grade cat class would put on cats. And so um, it's really funny, actually, because out of all of the characters, I mean, you've got 50 or 60 kids playing these cats. And what did I end up with? I ended up playing the role of a cockroach in the Cats musical, <laughs> which is really I ironic. Your because your mom was so oh, proud. Oh, she was, she was thrilled. She showed up. She opened up the program. She was like, cockroach number two, Noah Brady. I was like, oh, wow. I wasn't even cockroach number one. I was cockroach number two in a show all about cats. So you can imagine how thrilled my parents were to show up and sit front row, be there 30 minutes early before a show. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And honestly, like, you know, whether I was a cat or a cockroach or whatever it was, um, it was really like that process, not even the show itself, but that process that really kind of springboarded me into a love for like storytelling and being on stage. So I've got a really good question. Is that when you caught the theater bug? Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> yes. Uh, safe to say that that is, that is when I caught the theater bug awesome. quite literally. Awesome. So now you're directing. Mm-hmm. So when did you start directing? Okay, so the first time that I assistant directed a show was at Murfreesboro Little Theater, and it was a few years ago. Um, 
it was this straight play uh, called Pocatello, which is a um, it's a story all about this uh, local guy who like goes through the process of taking over management at a restaurant. And it's a, it's a whole family-owned restaurant, and the whole thing's a disaster, and he has to, like, save the restaurant. It tells his story, kind of goes back, tells its whole family's life story within the span of a couple hours. A lot of fun to work on that. And then um, the next show that I worked on, um, I got a call from the uh, somebody who was um, working at Blackman Middle School. And um, they were putting on a production of, ironically, Beauty and the Beast. And uh, they called and asked if I would be willing to come and help them put their show together. And I turned into the assistant director for that process. And then most recently, um, I directed a one-act show at um, Mills Pate Art Center in um, Murfreesboro. And I directed a one-act called uh, Lone Star, which is... um, a really funny Southern play about two brothers behind a bar in Texarkana, Texas. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, great time. So, Do yeah. you like acting or directing better? That's a loaded question, um, for sure. I I love directing so much, but I don't think I have enough experience directing yet to where I can say that outweighs my love for being on stage at this point in the game. Now, one day that could change, but I do think as of right now, I'm much much rather be uh hate to say it but in the spotlight and on stage awesome for sure awesome all right what is your favorite part of theater my favorite part of theater um I would say this is a really like dry answer but uh, I'll try and make it a little bit more interesting um I would say the storytelling element of it like from a very very young age, like I was talking about back when I was a cockroach and cat, um, I, I caught, when I caught the theater bug, um, <laughs> I loved the idea of uh, telling a story um, in a different way that, you know, that you still got to use your imagination, but you weren't just reading words on a page. Like instead, you were getting to bring that to life in a whole new way. And instead of just, you know, trying to come up with what these, you know, these characters and like, you know, what these voices are and what their appearances might be just, you know, based off of a book, um, you were getting to bring that to life and uh, really kind of exactly breathe life into that. So I've always enjoyed the idea of um, storytelling and bringing that to a whole new meaning um, on a theatrical stage. How do you take some of these characters and while sticking to the script, still make it your own? Oh, I mean, I think I think it's very important that like you go back and you pull inspiration from people who have done it before, especially people who have successfully done it before. Like if you're if you're doing a production of something that's been on Broadway, I mean, if you ask me, like you're very it's very ignorant to not go back and say, okay, this is something that this person did well. I'm going to do the exact opposite of that thing and then hope it just works. Um, But when you talk about, uh, you know, making it your own, I think. I think it's just, you know, all about how what your understanding is of the character and bringing your life experiences to the table. I think everybody has a different life experience and it, that means they can bring a whole new perspective to something that, you know, no matter how iconic the role is, um, everybody just has their own little take on it just based on what they've gone through in their life. So That's pretty interesting. I haven't thought of it that way. So storytelling's your favorite part. What is the worst part? Ooh, the worst part. Uh... The worst part is um, the patience that is required for this. When you come in to a production and you say, okay, we've got this show that's opening up in June, um, and you're in December or January 
planning or you're like starting to work towards that, um, that, that those can be the longest six months ever because you're like, how is this going to come together? Is this going to come together? I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stress, but the, the patience of just like waiting on everything to kind of be pieced together, to see it all happen. Um, but also the, the patience in another regard of it is like when you go and audition and, and it's a wait, it, it all turns into a waiting game. You're waiting for your turn to go on audition. You're waiting uh, to hear back from the director, from the casting director about, hey, did I get the part? And then you got to wait to even get your feet wet in the part by like doing your first, doing your first rehearsal. And then it's more patience because you've got months and months of practice before you get to, you know, go up on stage and do the show for the first time. So I would say the patience uh, is the hardest part for me. See, I would have said that if I was the, I forget what her name is in Wicked, the green lady. I mean, Alphaba. Yes. Alphaba. Yeah. Would be painting myself green. Like, I, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I know that's yeah. completely different than the, the experience Absolutely. you've had. But every right. time I go and see that, I'm like, it has to be miserable to get painted green and then be on stage. I mean, you think about like some of those like big iconic roles like Alphaba or um, Shrek. Like, yes. I mean, when they did Shrek on Broadway, I mean, that guy's got to get, you know, prosthetics. He's got to get makeup done. I mean, you're at, I mean, his work day is starting two and a half hours before the show even starts. And it's not like he just no pulls a wig off afterwards. No, absolutely either, not. Know? I mean, after the show's over and the that adrenaline, process. yeah, that adrenaline rush is gone and you're like, all right, it's over. Now I'm ready to go. I mean, yeah, these guys got to sit in the chair and get this all this stuff taken off properly so they yes. can use it again the next day. Yes. But you know the adrenaline rush of getting to be all of alpha that ball. stuff. What? what? Alphaba. <laughs> alpha you can call her Elfie. Just, just interrupt me. That's okay. Just take all the questions and don't let I me talk. It's fine. Okay. I said it had, you know, like they have to enjoy it some, like the adrenaline rush of like, oh my God, I'm about to go on stage. I have this huge role. Like I'm getting like painted up to be green, like a green witch. Like that's iconic. You know, like you, even though it's a miserable process, I'm, you know, they have to be like really excited for all of that. Do you have any of that? Anxiety yet? What? Do you have to speak any in this play? Uh, yes. Does that make you nervous? Yes. <laughs> Brooklyn's playing one of our silly girls. Does she's got to sing, dance, act. I mean, she's the triple I threat. Have to do it all in front of a whole bunch of people. And I could this barely. This could be the first and last appearance of Brooklyn on uh, stage. Don't tell me that. I don't need to hear that <laughs> as her director. through June. <laughs> As long as I get through the month of June, I'll be okay. I think once she hits the stage, yeah. it'll take over. Oh, she's doing great yeah. so far. So yeah. I'm yeah. not once worried I about it. Yeah, once I hit the stage, my adrenaline will come back and it'll be like I'm on stage for like a dance. Here's a, here's a story really quick. Except Noah. it's like the, a two and a half hour dance that I'm singing in as well. Two and yeah, it's, I mean the show's every bit of two and a half hours. That's that's right. Yeah, it's a crazy it's a crazy process. The first time Brooklyn was on stage, they put a microphone in front of her. She won title dancing, and the guy was like, you know, here's Brooklyn. She just won, you know. And he said, how does it feel? And he put the microphone, and she goes, good. <laughs> that was it. Wow. My child that hey, never quick to shuts the point. up. Yeah, quick into the and, point. And I, I can remember it. her dance teacher turned around and was like. Whose kid? Like, who is that up who there? That? Right. And so afterwards, I asked her. I said, "Really? That was all you had?" And she goes, 
I'm a dancer. I want them to just look at me. I don't want them to talk to me. Boom. So. Boom. I love that. <laughs> Hopefully she will talk to this audience. Yes. I will. I will. Well, it, she's scripted to do so, so yeah, I hope so. It gets easier, like, the more you, you do it, you know, it gets a lot easier. But, I mean, right now I'm just, like, singing Be Our Guest to Noah and the mirrors around me, so... It'll be different once I hit the okay. stage. Okay, what's your ultimate role? Like a dream role? Yeah. Like is that like what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Um oof. Uh I would say like my dream role would be gosh, there's so many good ones out there, but I would say um Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. I think that would be that one's up there, and then, like, you know, of course, every actor's, like, the pinnacle, and, you know, this just closed on Broadway after, like, the longest historic run. The I mean, the, fan the, yeah, the Phantom of the Opera. I mean, I, I mean, I would love to get to do that one day. I was so upset when I saw that they were closing it, because that's, like, the one Broadway show that I, like, wanted to oh my gosh. watch. And didn't you go watch yeah. it? As soon as I, as soon as I saw, so, like, I followed their Instagram page, and as soon as I saw that they were closing the show on Broadway, and this was before they announced the extension, even, through March, which I was kind of mad about, but they initially had said that this show's going to be closing, like, uh, late January, early February, and so my mom and I actually... Um, a couple days before Thanksgiving of last year said, all right, let's go. Let's pack up. Let's just go for a quick little weekend trip. And we went down on a Saturday and then we spent a couple days in New York. She had never been to New York before. And so I was like, we were showing her around the city. I'd only been once. So I don't know what kind of tour guide I was, but I mean, it was a chaotic <laughs> trip, but it was great. I mean, it flew by literally. Um, I mean, we were just there for like 48 hours. Um, but that next day we woke up and, um, painted the town and then that night we got to go see phantom of the opera on broadway and it was spectacular i'd never seen the show before in like a regional tour or anything like that so that was the first exposure i really had to it and i i mean i fell in love with it and so yeah you can talk about dream roles i mean like getting to do something like that one day you know long after like getting to see that on broadway for the first time be a great story now, did it just close on Broadway, or like, are they not like? So, it's like, not going to be a thing anymore. Like, it just closed. It just closed on Broadway. Okay. So, like, on London's West End, they still have a production of it up mm -hmm. in Sydney, Australia. Like, they've got. I mean, this show has been in. It's such. It's so big and like such a massive production that I mean, like, people all around the world love it, and so yeah. they've got productions of it up in like a lot of different places. I mean, like I said, Sydney, Australia, and London's West End alone have two of the biggest, like, most high, like, large-scale productions of Phantom of the Opera still out running. And then there's also, like, national tours of it that still happen around the United States, which will be hopefully more frequent now that it's not on Broadway oh, anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not going anywhere. Fingers crossed. crossed I'll at least be able to see it at some point. And there will be a revival that will come back to Broadway one day. I mean, yeah. that show, I mean, it's meant it's the, one of the my Broadway stage. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times regionally, not right. in broad, not in Broadway. Mm -hmm. But I did take Brooklyn when she was little. She does not remember. Oh my gosh. So, wow. she did go and see it. I think she was scared of the Phantom. Oh, you um, have to be. I don't yeah. remember it. I was yeah. too young. I mean, everybody is. I mean, that's like that's the whole thing. I don't want to spend too long on it, but I mean, like the whole deal with the Phantom is that like 
he haunts this theater. He scares away the opera owners. And then like, he's this ghost that, um, I mean, this angel that they call him. I mean, he's like, you know, it's just, it sends chills down your back every time you even think about it. And I think that's exactly what he's written to the do. The chandelier alone. Just <laughs> There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs background music? So is it safe to say that's your favorite play? Phantom is definitely up there. Now, when you talk about like my favorite shows of all time, like that's a whole different conversation. Again, we could talk about this stuff for days, y'all. But, um, but I mean, I love the role of the Phantom of the Opera. But um, my favorite show uh, that I've probably like gotten the chance to see and like be a part of, even. I mean, I would definitely say that. Like, I mean, I I've got the opportunity this summer um, coming up, like where I'll be getting to work on the show called Bright Star, the musical, and it's done by Steve Martin. It's written by Steve Martin, and it's this bluegrass gospel musical that's um, a Southern story. It's told in, like, Chapel Hill and Raleigh, North Carolina. It's this beautiful story about um, this woman really reflecting on different parts of her life, and, like, we go back in time between the 1930s and 1940s, and we get to see like these different parts of her life and like just get to like sing through this like beautiful story. And honestly, like that has been a dream role of mine as well. And so like getting the chance to work on that show, like I'm like very fortunate to get that kind of opportunity. And that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, so I would say that is probably my favorite show right now. So with Steve Martin have done that play is i'm assuming there's lots of banjo music yeah oh my gosh yeah. i can this imagine is, that's I mean, phenomenal it's like a southern like bluegrass but you know he yeah. he plays the banjo oh yeah so i and can imagine there know. i mean there was a concert version of the show that's up on youtube right now where literally the opening like the intro <clears throat> is where he gets up steve martin gets up on stage and he's like plucking out like this banjo riff for minutes and then, like, introing it as everybody on the in the cast and the crew, like, walks out and takes their spot to do this, like, concert version of this beautiful show. It's great. But, yeah, I mean, that's how it opens up. And, I mean, he wrote just a beautiful score in this, like, wonderful show that is just, I mean, it tells, I mean, it tells um, a story that, I mean, it's based on a true story. And, like, I mean, it's just, it's out of this world. Do you have any funny stories that you can share with us? Oh, like from theater or yeah. just from engine? Okay, yeah. Just anything. Anything. Okay, okay. So, once upon a time, I did a production of Little Shop of Horrors. It was actually the Little first show. Shop. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, it was the first show that I did at the art center where our production of Beauty and the Beast is happening. And so, I go into this audition... And if you're a local around here, the audition was at the train depot in Smyrna. So I was already just like, what? This is weird. Like, why is this not like at the playhouse? You know, whatever. <clears throat> so I go in and there's this like little white table, this like little eight foot table. And there's this guy sitting behind it. And he's like, like all right, he's the director for sure. Yeah, great. And then like there's this room full of people just sitting there. And I walk in, I open the door and they look like they had seen a ghost. And I was like, what did I do? <laughs> I just walked into the room and they were like, who are you? And I said, I'm here to audition. I can leave. I mean, I'm, I'm here to audition, but I mean, I can leave if I need to. 
And I, I kid you not, like I start to sing and everybody in the room is just like, okay, well, we can leave now. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, there's so many roles in this show. Like, I mean, all the guys, I mean, there were like two or three different guys in there who just like started looking at me and I'm like, what the heck? And so if you're familiar with the show at all, again, Steve Martin back in the day, he played the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. And so two of the like larger main like male roles that you have in the show are the voice of the plant Mm -hmm. and then the dentist in this show. So you've got like these two like polar opposite but very evil personalities and so they looked at me and they they sent me out of the room for a minute and then they brought me back in everybody comes back in and they casted it on the spot which was another thing I was like what the heck so they're going through this like cast list and I hear my name like three times and I'm like something's wrong this is weird this guy casted me as not only the plant but the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. And I'm like, so how is the scene where the plant eats the dentist going to work? Because, like, I'm both of these things now. So fast forward a couple months. We get into this process. That's all set up. This is all set up for this great story. Um, so we get going, and the way that they had staged it was that this plant was going to be, like, this huge puppet. This huge, like, I mean, like, I mean, this huge puppet, like, full body thing that you, like, got to hop into and, like, it's all manipulated. Were with these, you like, going to have to do that? Yes. But, like, so they said for this scene, they wanted to have, like, me do the dentist stuff on stage. And then when the plant, like, starts to take over, I would do, like, an off stage microphone kind of thing. So that way I could do both because there's just, like, one scene that they're both in together yeah. and it's in this huge song at the end of Act One. But then, like, the whole second act, he's just, like, I would just have been the plant because, like, the dentist is eaten. Like, he's dead. And so I'm like, okay, so we start rehearsing this thing. And I remember, like, just the funniest moment was the first time that the plant and the dentist had these back-to-back lines and everybody just looks at me and I, I, like, freeze like a deer in headlights. I'm like, I said, stop. All right, stop, 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 stop. And then, like, the piano player stopped playing. The director's like, what's up? And I was like... What do you mean? What's up? What do you want me to do here? Like I'm ever, I'm part A, B, and C in this one scene right now, and I'm gonna have personality disorder by the end of it if you don't stop and tell me what we're doing here. They just played it off like it was nothing, and I'm like, this has never been done before. What do you want me to do? And so I'm looking at this guy like he's an idiot, and he's just like, you're very capable. Like you could totally do it. I mean, just change your voice up a little bit. And I'm like, just change my voice. So I've got this like deep voice going on. And then all of a certain sudden, I'm like turning into this like Steve Martin, like dentist, like just, woo, you know, like all crazy, like just a psychopath. And um, yeah, you know, that was so that was that was one of the I don't know how funny it is, but I mean, like looking back on it now, it was just like one of the most challenging and like really like I laugh just at how stupid it looks like on the back end of it, because I'm like. This was one of the most challenging things like I've ever had to do, but I mean, it's it it turned out really okay, you know. So <laughs> it was fine. How successful was this dual ro- role? Dual, it was like three. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the plant and the doctor. Yeah, dentist. Yeah, the I mean, dentist. same potato I'm so potato. Sorry. No, same thing. He's really not like a dentist. I mean, this dude, like, he was taking like screwdrivers and like working on people. That's how crazy this guy is. I mean, yeah, that, that those so, like, were his how dental well tools. How well did this like work out? Oh, it worked out really stage? well. It worked out like once we hit the stage with it. I mean, and I got in a rhythm and I like had blocked out my show, like what I wanted, like what I wanted to do with huh. the characters, like when I was going to be able to do the puppeteering stuff, when I was going to be on stage. It worked out really well. And they like did this like voice modulator thing on my um on me like when I was the plant so they could really tell the difference mm. when I was the dentist and when I was the plant. So it was a lot of fun. It was really cool and I think it turned out pretty well. I mean like people still will come up and they'll ask me like uh like somebody at an audition I was at a couple weeks ago for this Bright Star show. They were like were you the dentist in the show? And I was like, yeah, I was also the plant. Did you pick up on that? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, then I did my job. Yeah. I wasn't just one. I was playing one role. I was playing two. Yeah. Yeah. That's that takes a lot of talent, though. Yeah. Not a lot of talent. It just takes, I mean, no, definitely <laughs> just not. Just a personality disorder. Just, yeah, just a personality, <laughs> just a personality disorder. disorder. Just, a cu- just a lot going on in your head. I don't know about talent. Let's talk Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so, this is your latest production that you're directing. Yes. Um, how many people are in this show? Oh my gosh. Well, it's like changed so many times. Like, we've had people like coming in, going out. Like, people have been like in sick. They're like in weddings and they're like, hey, I can't do the show anymore. But then <clears throat> we brought in some really fantastic people, like in these ensemble roles. And then in our principal cast, oh my goodness. I mean, like from our silly girls to our Gaston to our Belle, our Beast. I mean, they are just phenomenal. It's been like such a pleasure to work with them. But to answer your question, it's been like 30 to 35 people on the cast. Where do you find these people? Um, wherever they come from. I mean, like you'll go, you'll go look all over. I mean, if they say, I mean, I think we've got people in this uh, cast that are from like, you know, Tullahoma, Tennessee. We've got people from Franklin, Hendersonville, Nashville. Um, I mean, yeah, we've got people from all over. I mean, wherever they're willing to come from, and if they want to be a part of something like this, we would never tell them no. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where, I mean, if they have that dedication and that drive and they have that willingness to work and participate in something like this, then how could you say no? I mean, if, if they... When people came out and auditioned, you know, my whole goal going into it was I want to have to say no to people. I want to have like such an overwhelming response to where we have to say no, like as heartbreaking as that is. But um, what ended up happening was, I mean, is like everybody that we started casting and going through, if they said, hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to work on the show or that's not going to work out. Um, we were able to reach out to like everybody who auditioned and somehow, some way, pull them in and get them a part of this, which has really been such a rewarding thing. So we practice what three days a week? Yeah, just usually. about three days a week on a good week. On a good week when we can get everyone there. Yeah. But how do you go about like setting up the costumes and you know getting the set? Uh, together and ready for that performance. How has that been? Yeah, so like the behind the scenes side of it, yeah. right? Um, to be honest with you, the where it starts is um, you have to have a fantastic production team. And I feel like I've put together this like all-star team who I've been able to delegate so much onto their shoulders and just take so much weight off of my own to where... Um, 
these people that I like have trusted with, you know, a creative vision that I've had just like to bring this show to life in a new way. Um, I feel like I've been able to hand stuff like that off to them. And, you know, our, our costume designer, our costume manager, I should say, she's done a great job of like going out and finding these uh, pieces that we can go and like rent and uh, things that she wants to take under her wing of putting together for the show and like just kind of uh, picking her battles with, you know, what she really wants to do with that kind of thing. I think one of the cooler costumes that we have in the show is this like cheese grater outfit um, that we're going to have and be our guests, like these larger than life characters. Like, you know, you've got these like animated objects that we're putting on stage now and it's a cheese grater. And so like, how do you do that? Well, that's a battle that our costume manager has picked for herself. And she said, Oh yeah, we'll have a cheese grater. Um, but I mean, yeah, we, and then you talk about the set. I'm, What's unique about this production is uh, this is the first time like in our area, like in Middle Tennessee, that Beauty and the Beast is being done like as a theater in the round style show. Mm -hmm. And so you like the big promotional push that we've been doing with it is it's a tale as old as time told in a whole new way, Mm -hmm. Um, a story told in a whole new way, um, because what we really want to focus on and what we're really highlighting is um, taking an audience and instead of having them separated like so many feet away from a stage where they're looking up and they see, you know, all these uh, all these characters just so far away from them. Instead, we're like putting them in the middle of these pictures, in the middle of these dance numbers, in the middle of these scenes, these iconic scenes between these like characters that people generations of people grew up like knowing and loving and um, have really just like I mean, are childhood staples, really. Yeah. Um, and we've and so in designing that set like that, that's really the playground for these actors and eventually these characters uh, to really, you know, uh, convey this message that they are trying to convey and uh, tell this wonderful story. And so that's just been a lot of fun just playing with levels and dimension. And I have a wonderful scenic designer who's just like taken my vision and just like drawn up so many renderings and so many uh, just um pictures and visuals for me that have just really breathed life into that and it's just been it's been great like I said I mean I couldn't do it without a wonderful team so the more we practice like is your vision like slowly starting to like come to life like you started it and it's kind of like okay like you know I'm directing Beauty and the Beast like has it hit you yet that you know you're doing Beauty and the Beast it has, you know, like one of the one of the cool things like that I've enjoyed about the process is, you know, when we when people show up to the <clears throat> to the performances, they'll be handed a program. And like one of the cool parts about that is like uh, you get to write a director's note and you get to say, like, here's kind of a behind the scenes look at like what this process was like for me. Here's what this means to me. Here's what I'm trying to push forward in this show. And here's what I hope you take away with you. And to be honest, like the vision that I walked into this with, say, December, January, uh, is very different than the one that I have now um, for this show. Because as you cast it and you see the people that are going to be telling this story, as you put your production team together and you see like what elements they really want to highlight and put on display and showcase for something like this. I mean, that vision really morphs. And if I, and if I didn't recognize that as a director and I didn't you know, see that and say, okay, I'm going to try and stick to this. That like was my original game plan. And like, I'm just going to push that forward. And I didn't have my eyes open to what, you know, was around me and like what this show really is turning into. Then, I mean, I would be ignoring it. We'd be missing something really great. And so I think it's changed 
um, quite a bit, just as the, you know, every time that I see, you know, numbers uh, being ran or I see these scenes happen between these characters, I'm like, you know, this is, I mean, it really is changing uh, on a, I don't want to say a regular basis. I mean, we have our principles that we want to, you know, push forward and have stayed consistent, but there have been things where I'm like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that before, but. Um, it's been really great throughout the rehearsal process to kind of see that take shape and take yeah, a new it's shape. slowly unfolding. Yeah. You know. And by the time we get to June, you know, June 9th, opening night, who knows what that'll look like. So June 9th, opening opening night. Oh, so we're like two days away from opening night. Oh, opening night's yeah. two days so away. We're two days away from opening night. Yeah. Um, so we're like in final dress rehearsals. Like we open this Friday. That is yeah, crazy. Like, like this show is hopefully at a lot better of a spot than it is now. <laughs> Two days away. Brooklyn is a silly girl. Yeah. And they are the girls who, I guess, ooh and ah over Gaston. Um, how's that role oh my going? Gosh. So the dynamic between, I mean, the silly girls and Gaston, I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of those um, where you go back and you watch the movie and you say, okay, this is something that we want to directly translate over from the movie because the dynamic that they set up just even back in the day with these girls fawning over this guy who is this like stereotypical just cover boy. I mean, is like, you know, that's exactly what we're trying to push for. But the thing that's really interesting is we're playing with this idea of, okay, this cover boy now in 2023 looks a little bit different than he may have when this story like was taking that animated movie was you know being published and released back in the 1980s 1990s and through every adaptation throughout every new telling of this story that's kind of changed a little bit and so ours our relationship between our silly girls and our gaston has a little bit of a different flair to it and it has some things that are unique but it also has some things that are still very true to the animated movie well, I will tell you, she's come home from practice and like did everything that she's learned that Are night. Are you exposing me right now? I'm telling on you, yes. I love it. But to me, that shows that she loves it. And yeah. she said the choreographer has been amazing. Right. Um, I guess her dance partner, she's loved the partner work and stuff. Yeah. And I'm not giving anything I've, away by telling that. I've I mean, never it is what done it is. Partner work before. So she's, you know, yeah. she's learned a lot. But to see her come home in that excitement in her eyes. To me, like, I can't wait to see her. I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you, like, we we talked about that willingness and, like, that appreciation, like, for the craft and just, like, wanting to be a part of it. And, you know, when you have that and you finally say, okay, I'm going to throw myself into it and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open myself up to something like that. It's impossible to not get that spark. And when you catch that, it's contagious. Uh And, like, the people around you just, they, they start to get that excitement, that buzz, that energy. And uh, like I said, I mean, it's just contagious. It spreads like wildfire and people get really excited not only to be a part of something like this, but to come see it. And that's, you know, that's what we're going for with this show. I mean, that really is. Well, it's definitely outside of my comfort zone. I mean, being being a studio dancer for however long I was a studio dancer for and then, you know, us becoming friends during football games and everything, and then you're just like, hey, I'm going to do Beauty and the Beast. You should audition. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, like, this seems like so much fun. And I was, like, really, like, hesitant at first because I was like, is this, you know, am I going to be comfortable with this? And then, like, you know, I think about it, and I have these practices, and it's, you know, we're starting to get closer 
two days away from <laughs> our <laughs> opening show. Um, and, you know, we're starting to get closer to, like, it, like, being complete and, like, us performing it. And it's like, yeah, like, I love this. Like, it's outside of my comfort zone, but it's, like, a good, like, outside of my comfort zone. I'm like, very I'm proud still, of you. I'm still on stage. Just in a different element. Yeah, just in a different element. Like, I'm still dancing on stage. I'm just singing. Well, I'm proud of both of you. I know you're in your own element. You are fresh out of college with a new job and now taking something like this on. That's huge. And yeah. obviously taking and running with it and doing a fabulous job. And that's something to be said for um, just your drive and initiative. So congrats. Well, I appreciate on this. that. Yeah, thank you. And you have a role coming up, I guess, like where you actually get to be in the, yeah. the light. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. It's August um, up in Woodbury, Tennessee, which is... Um, very important place to me. That's, I mean, it really is like where I got my start just, you know, so many years ago doing, um, community theater work in this like little barn in Cannon County. And, um, I've, I've loved that place. I feel like it's just a, like, I mean, it's a home away from home for me. I love the drive out there. Just, you know, even like when I was younger and doing shows, like just writing with my mom and listening to my songs and stuff for auditions and rehearsals, just getting to go out there and uh, do something there. So this this very much feels like a homecoming for me, like to get to do this kind of show. Um, but the fact that, you know, it's a Southern gospel, like musical is just, I mean, it, it feels like a Tennessee kind of show, like where you're just like, okay, the energy around this is just going to be so real and people are going to be able to relate to these characters and the story so much. And um, we get to tell just such a, heartthrob of a story and like I mean it's it's just it's a it's a roller coaster ride because it's got highs but then it's also got lows and you get to walk through this like years of these years of life with these characters and um the vision that our director has like I mean he's one of the directors that I pulled a lot of inspiration from in directing uh Beauty and the Beast like this June um just getting to getting to work alongside him again and just, you know, try and breathe life into that vision and be on the other side of the table again is just it's a really, really wonderful opportunity. And I'm really excited. I get to play the role of Jimmy Ray, uh, Jimmy Ray Dobbs in this show. And he um, he's got some songs in the show where I'm like you. I mean, you can't help but just be moved to tears every time that you sing it, every time that you rehearse it. And hopefully every time that I perform it too. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's one of those where you can't help but be excited uh, to tell this story and just hope and pray that it just hits and that just some one person is just changed from that performance. And then like you, you may feel like you did your job. Well, you're going to have to tell us so we can come see you. Oh, I, I got all the details. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's running the whole month of August in uh, Woodbury at the Art Center of Cannon County. Um, it's directed by Daryl Deason, um, one of my childhood heroes. So, yeah, love that guy. So we'll be there in August. Great. And in the meantime, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Every weekend in June. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So it opens June 9th. It runs through June 25th, Fridays and Saturdays. At uh, 7.30, and then Saturdays and Sundays, we have matinee performances at 2 o'clock. It can be, uh, you can find tickets online at Consider This Inc., Consider This INC.com. And it'll be at the Mills Paid Art Center. It's right off Old Nashville Highway in Murfreesboro, like you're heading towards Smyrna. Be there. 
Be there. Be square. Be I our see. guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. You will get to see Noah doing his director thing and me doing my silly girl thing. Well, yeah. it, and at then least you're you're, you're like a napkin. You're a silly girl. You're yeah, a villager. I forgot she was a napkin. She's doing all kinds and of stuff wolf. in this show. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she's yeah. a wolf. Yeah, yeah. I'm a napkin can can dancer. Can and can a wolf. I and forgot a silly you were a napkin. Girl. We have like. So I think you've what, got the most costume changes in the yeah. show, like six or seven costumes. You've trained changes. for this, Brooklyn. I've been training for costume changes yeah. my entire life. You've got this. I mean, the two-minute quick change. That but we if have you come out as a wolf dressed as a napkin, mm. <laughs> I'm never coming back. Oh yeah, I won't be either. And <laughs> if I don't scene, come, yeah. <laughs> I've already told Noah that you were up for helping on show days. So if anyone comes out in the wrong costume, it will be your fault. Uh oh. Yeah, you just let me know, Noah. It's a whole Ruh-roh. family production. We will put how to get tickets in our uh, Instagram post. We'll Great. also have it in our bio so that people yeah. have no excuse. Absolutely. Um, thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh! Today. Thank you all so much. Yes, this is so great. You. I'm so glad that y'all are doing this. This is such a cool little idea, and I really hope this thing takes off. Y'all are y'all are awesome. Y'all we'll are, have you again closer I can't wait. to August. Yeah. So you Definitely. can really um, you can kind of tell us about your. We can we, we will get the post production <laughs> yeah. perspective yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. we'll find out more about your your new role. Hopefully so. we have some good aftermath to talk about for Beauty and the Beast. Yes. For sure. Some good stories for sure. Well, Heather and Brooklyn are letting me do the special outro here. Thank you so much for watching Girls Are, or listening, I should say, to Girls Are Players 2. Be sure to follow them on social media. That's underscore girls are players, the number two. And uh, yeah, give them a follow. Be uh, tuning in for the next episode. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Bye, y'all.